Welcome to the Learn From The Pro series on the 100% Occupied podcast. So happy to have you on. In this episode, Dallas has a conversation with Christy Cunningham. Christy is the Vice President of Sales for Vitality Senior Living. And this podcast is just, in a word, fantastic. They talk about why do you need a website, they give you tips for your website, how to generate more leads, more tours, and ultimately more move-ins. If you have any kind of say over a senior living website, home care website, you tremendously. So please enjoy this conversation with Dallas Ship and Christy Cunningham. All right. So I'm here joined today with Christy Cunningham, who is one of my absolute favorite people in the senior living industry. Uh, she and I have had many conversations about so many different issues. And we've talked about the fact that, man, I wish we'd recorded that call <laughs> and, and like shared as a podcast. So here we go. We're going to finally do a podcast together and, and get all of the stuff that we have these conversations with each other. We're going to get it out to everybody because this is, we've had so many great chats and uh, ideas and brainstorm sessions and um, debate. Debate. Yeah. Uh, and, and really good debates right? Um, not political debates or anything like that. Like, you know, uh, but yeah, like, okay, well, how, did, how, how would you do this? How, how would you do this? You know, uh, it's been really fun. So you really enjoy getting to know you over the past few months, Christy. So today we're going to talk about why does your website even exist, right? I mean, so, and, 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 and the reason we say this is one of the conversations we've had before is your website is not designed to sell your community. No one is going to go to your website and pay $5,000 and a deposit or whatever and ask, okay, which room do I get? That's not how this works, right, Christy? It's very rare. You know, it, you say something in absolutes and you know that there's going to be one person out there that says, wait, last year I had one person from some town far away that deposited on an apartment sight unseen based on what they saw on our website sure like those anecdotally those situations exist but generally speaking our customers and this isn't just even specific to the senior living industry you can look at real estate you can look at the multifamily industry and what you notice is that customers in order to to buy or move forward in the sales process generally want to have some sort of contact or some sort of ongoing engagement with a sales representative or a representative of the community or property. Um, so to expect a website to do all of that, probably very rare. Asking a lot. So Asking a lot. what we want the website to do is really one thing. Two things, I guess, if we're being technical. Number one, the primary goal of the website is to just book the tour, right? Yeah. Give them enough information, wet that whistle, right? Um, to where they're intrigued. And, and we're going to get into some of, the, some of the things that I would recommend you guys do to, in order to do that. But, um, you know, they need to feel comfortable to take a tour, right? Yeah, they do. Well, and you have to think about it from the customer's perspective. So our goal is to book the tour. And our website is a primary generator of inquiries and tours, hopefully, if we set them up right, for our communities. But from the customer's perspective, you know, they're looking across many different communities. They're trying to compare, they're trying to narrow their search, they're trying to use your website to make their um, narrowing of things down a lot more convenient. 
And believe it or not, they're developing preferences for, well, which community do I think I like more or which one might be a little bit better? And that might put you in some sort of order about how, it, you know, how excited they are to come see your community, but also um, their willingness to dedicate time to do that. So you know, to have your website set up to generate tours, but to recognize that we have to satisfy the needs of the customer in order to get that, I think is really important knowing what their goals are and making sure that our websites are designed to help them have that. Does that make sense? 100%, 100%. So, you know, um, one of the things that we hear from a lot of folks too is that they think they have to share everything on their site, right? Like you and I, talk, we both do consulting with, with different communities all over the country. And it's, it, and, and, and for a lot of people, like their website is their pretty, right? Like what was that, Lord of the Rings or something? Like like or precious, my little precious, right? Precious. Yes. And they want everything to be on the website. Yeah. And people just don't consume information like that. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I think the 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 extremes that I see are you have on one side of the the spectrum people who don't want to put anything up on their website. You know, it's stock photos there's no rates, there's um, very little detail. It's all sort of this kind of generic language around, you know, we care about our residents like they're our family, um, this is their home, kind of generic language that I think is pretty commonplace across the, the industry. And they, they don't wanna build anything else because their, their fear is, well, if I give too much, then no one's going to be motivated to inquire or come into tour to get more. And I might lose opportunity because people are um, self, you know, selecting, you know, self um, eliminating us as a viable option because we're not able to adequately sell ourselves on the website ever. Right. So you have that on one end of the spectrum. Well, and the I other, think part of that there too, is that that's what's happening when you don't have enough tours booked. Right. So sure. when, when, you, when you don't have enough tours uh, booked, you get desperate for tours. And so then yeah. you're just like, I'll take anybody, right? Yeah. I'll take anybody. And, and, and the tours that you might be getting are lukewarm, unqualified. You know, you're just trying to get people through your doors. And that's a very old mentality in senior living. You know, the, the old adage in senior living was just get them into tour. Just get them into tour. Don't, don't worry so much about what you know about them before they come in, just get them in, just get them in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I talking to salespeople every day who say, I'm better in person. Don't make me do an inquiry, <laughs> inquiry, no, just get them in. I'm, I'm better in person. It's like, well, that's not what the customer wants, right? So that old mentality of how we've always done things in senior living really negatively affects us in this day and age because that's not how people shop and that's not how people buy things anymore and they don't want to waste their time to take off work get out of their yoga pants and come in you know to the community for a two-hour tour unless they have some reason to believe that you are going to be able to satisfy the needs or aspirations that they have in their life you, you know? know what it is most people in this industry are trying to sell from a shopping mall when the customer wants to shop on Amazon. Oh, yes. Right. Absolutely. That's what it is. That's the mentality. We're trying, we're yeah. still trying to sell like people go shop at the mall for four hours on a Saturday. And in reality, 
they're adding stuff to their cart in Amazon and it's, they're done. They're done with it. Yeah. That's, people want that convenience. And that they wanted- also, when they don't get it, I, I have this theory as well that, um, and, and one damn affair had to prove this statistically, but I need, I need more data. But anyway, I, I truly believe most people start their search on community sites at the local level. And when they don't get the information, that's when they go back to Google and end up going through a place for mom. Right. I, I can see, I see that as def, a definite path, especially when you're comparing one community over the other, you don't have any real substance in the information that you're receiving. They all sound the same because yep. guys I hate to tell you, but you all sound the same. You could put your website, take the names off of your website and five other of your competitors. Heck, I would even take five competitors from across the country and set them next to your community. And a customer would have a hard time telling the difference between them, right? There really isn't, at least the way, especially the way that we're communicating and highlighting our communities, there's not as much um, difference between the communities. And that kind of stalemate in the mind of the customer says, okay, I can't achieve my goals. I can't narrow my search. I can't conveniently figure out what I need to do. And they all look the same. I don't have a preference for one over the other. So certainly if I reach that dead end slot where I'm like, I don't know what to do, then why wouldn't I go through a place for mom where they're making that information readily available on profiles for me? I can see starting at rates right? I can see all that basic information, even some pictures. And then talk to a representative who can consult me through some of the different options and help me with those three things in a convenient way. Why wouldn't I do that? You know, they're making the customer a better offer than we are, you know, by setting things up. And if you think about it, really what they're doing is they've done a better job adapting and listening to the customer and thinking about their experience first versus being rooted in this mentality of this is what we've always done. This is what has made us successful in the past. This is how we know how to sell senior living. So therefore we're going to dictate how the customer needs to buy senior living. You know, that's not serving us anymore, but you know, they say, and I, there's a wise person who, who made this quote, so it's not me, don't give me credit. It's like, the biggest hindrance to future success is previous success, you know? And I think when you look at, especially the strategists, the leadership, um, all the way down, you know, from, you know, corporate, you know, top of the ladder, all the way down through regionals and areas and, you know, people who are specialists and working in communities, those of us who come with experience, that is one of the biggest things holding us back from being successful in this era is the fact that we have this attachment and frankly, this stale fear that if we change, that we're not going to be as good as what we used to be. You know, and I think for people who aren't developing their websites, it's coming from a place of fear that says, well, these were the big no-nos. These were the big things. You didn't give too much information. You didn't talk about your rates. You didn't really try to tell a story on your website for the customer because that would erode your success of getting them in the building, right? But that's fear-based ultimately. 
Well, and and let's 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 go back to the shopping mall analogy, right? Yep. Macy's had a lot of success for a long time. They're shutting down all over the country, right? And all yep. these shopping malls, they had a lot of success for a long time and they're dying. You know, yep. the mall developers are trying to figure out what they're going to do with these, with these buildings, you know? Yeah. Turning them into senior um, living in some places. Actually. I, I have seen that. <laughs> yes. I have some ideas of my own I'd like to do some yep. of these malls as well. So, yeah. but okay. So, so on the, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, so, but on the other end of the spectrum, you have something else rather curious happening, which is, okay, people who have said, all right, we're willing to try new things. We'll do anything to get tours in the building. And they think that what they have to do is deck out their websites with every bell and whistle and everything that they possibly can. You know, 500 calls to action, just like whipping you in the face, a chat bot, you know, that's going, it's like, they 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 overdo it yeah to the point that it has such a extreme experience the volume is so loud that the customer is like oh gosh you know they well, can't even keep track of things we we've got we we have two partners that we're working with right now right that mm -hmm. we started working with one of them so the one we've been working with longer their their site is cleaned up and they're converting 24% of their web traffic into an inquiry, right? So, but th that's the only thing to do. It's, it's very clear. This is the next step. Take it. We have another person. It's the same buttons, same widgets. Everything's the same. They're only converting 6%. And it's because it's in the middle of like, literally, I, I, I'm making this number up, but it's close, right? There's something like 45 different calls to action. Oh, yeah. On the, on the on the page. Yes. So people don't know what to do next. So if you confuse yeah. people about what the next step even is, guess what? They're not going to take the next step. And I guarantee, if you look in your Google Analytics, I guarantee you your bounce rate is, you know, 60, 70, 80 percent because there's so many different choices for them to make. They're not making any, right? Yes. So you're paralyzing them with all these different opportunities. So I mean, that's one of the things you have to have is clear calls to action and make it. To where, you know, if you really sit down and think, you know what they want. They want yeah. pricing, right? Mm -hmm. they, want to, they, want to, they want to have a general idea of what it's like at your community. You know, yeah. the, the, the seniors want to know what the food's like. The adult kids want to know what the activities are like. Give them enough and then make it very easy to take that next step. Yes. Right? And, and, and know that there are a multitude of ways for you to satisfy that for the customer. You don't have to have everything. You don't have to make your website gaudy yep. to achieve that, but you do need to be very deliberate and very specific in what, what is available, why it's there and where it is. And so that the customer can have the experience that they really, you know, deserve to have. And, and ultimately you know, for those, for those people, because gosh, there's so many of them out there who overdo their website. And I think about, I know how much they're paying to have that, those websites managed and to have all those bells and whistles screaming at the customer in the face. Like that's a, it's a lot of money. And I think, gosh, if you only knew that for maybe a fraction of that, you could probably be getting the same results and giving your customer a better experience, man, you could save a lot of money that way. But yeah. ultimately, the, there's still a fear there. And this is what these organizations, I think, need to recognize in themselves, is that you've got the fear on the one side, 
who don't want to put anything on their site because, oh, they'll be giving away the farm. You know, why would anybody buy the cow if the milk is free, right? So we don't want to do that. But there's also a fear on the other end of the spectrum that says, well, I don't know what to give the customer and I don't want to not be giving them anything that they might need. So let me just throw everything at them and let me put everything in prime high prioritized positioning on the site because then they have all of these different choices. Well, there is a certain paralysis that comes from too many choices. So that's not the way our brains work. So, you know, the, instead of fear, you know, think strategy, think user experience, you know, well, you look at the iPhone and, like, you don't know, be other afraid things. to test it. When, I think part of the reason people are afraid is they think that they have to make a decision and that's going to be the decision forever, ever. You yes. literally can test something for two weeks, a month, test it out, then try something else for two weeks to a month and, and compare it, which one converted higher. Stick Absolutely. with that until you have another idea to, to, to test it out. The problem with that, though, is from a logistics standpoint, especially the smaller companies, you don't have in-house people that have the, have the resources and the capabilities and the expertise to be able to test that. And so that's, that's why they have this fear. And I'm thinking through this as I'm talking about it, because it's easy for us because like I have a team. That's what we do is we test things, we measure it and, and go with it. But for your communities, maybe you get 10 communities or less or something, and there's a lot of you out there, you may not have someone that can test that. Um, so yeah, that, I, I get it. I get where the fear comes from. Um, but but you, you, you know, if you don't have someone in-house, you have to find somebody that can do that for you because that's the only way to move forward. Uh, and these don't have, you don't have to test everything. Like no. I think something, even one thing is better than nothing, is better than playing the guessing game and chasing your tail in terms of what's working and what's not working. Um, if everything becomes a lucky rabbit's foot that you're just like hoping is, is working, then over time, you're really not learning anything. You're really not getting any better. You're just throwing it all out there and you know praying that something sticks. And that's not strategy. Even if you just picked one thing and you said, I'm just gonna test this one thing for this amount of time and we're gonna see what happens. You know, I think that there's a, a, a fear that it's not necessarily that they don't have the resources to test. They may not have the expertise, but they also can't prioritize. What's the question that we have that we're trying to find the answer to? And then let's set up a test to do that. Does this call to action work better than this call to action? Hey, and Does I'll tell you what, we've tested a lot of downloads and a lot of lead generators. Mm -hmm. By far, the number one lead generator, what do you think it is? tour uh, well book a tour but then the, 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 as far as a lead generator though it, it, it's the pricing people want the pricing yeah so i can see it, that. put it behind the contact form so, yep. so what people are afraid of with pricing is they're going to just have the pricing on the page and they didn't and people are going to leave without ever reaching out right yeah if you say hey click here and i will email you our current pricing that's the way you phrase it right this is a freebie click here so we can email you our current pricing because the pricing does change, right? So, so yep. you know, then we send them that email, um, you know, within minutes, by the way, not the next day. Days. Um, and, 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 and that, so you don't have to test this. I'm telling you right now, download pricing information is the best lead generator 
to initiate the conversations, right? So if you're getting yeah. their name, email, phone number, boom, I'm going to email it to you. I'm going to send you a text message saying, hey, Christy, I just sent you that pricing you asked for, for from the website. Boom, boom, boom. It's now a good time to chat. Let's talk, right? Like you have to have that system and we'll get into that, right? But yeah, the, the clear call to action, right? So, so to recap this, what is the next step for them? right? Don't give them five different things across the top and there's 10 things in each drop down as you hover over it, all that. It's way too much stuff for the human brain. The brain is not designed to work like that, right? No. So when you say, hey, no one's clicking on my stuff, well, it's because you're giving them too many things to click on a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, make it easy to connect and, and find the next step, right? Clean it up, give them the next step you want them to take. Um, and then one of the things too, the other really highly converting piece that we that we use, it's the highest converting piece of, of our system that we use with our, our partners is having an actual calendar widget. Mm -hmm. So when they say, I want to book a tour. Yeah. It's not just a filter form. What are the best days? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I'll get back to you. So then we can go back and forth 16 more times to find the date. No, yep. connect your calendar to the website so they can see your availability and while they're thinking about it and they've convinced themselves they want to take a tour, they can find a time that works for them. They can book it and we get it on the calendar. And I hear yep. this all the time too. Oh, I, don't, I don't want to book on the calendar without talking to them first. Yeah, and yeah. Get it. This is all about the process. This is not, this does not mean you're not going to talk to them before they come in. All this is doing is giving them what they want, right? Which is to take yep. the tour. We book the tour and then we follow up with them and say, hey, Christy, I just saw you booked a tour. It, you, I would love to chat with you a little bit before you come in to make sure that we, you know, are a good fit or that, that we customize the tour for you and your needs, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And guess what? If on that call, you uncover that they're, they're not qualified, it is okay to cancel the tour. Yeah. Right? So that tour is not set in stone. Yeah. It's essentially tentative. It's the same as a weekend and what they need. And, you know, and I think I'm, I'm, this is like the new age version of a problem that we already deal with. And I just want to put this into context for those of you that are out there and who are like really clutching your pearls and saying, oh my gosh, the idea that someone would book a tentative tour and then I have to call them back and confirm and go through my process of discovery and pre-planning. Okay. Relax just a second, because we've been doing this already for 30 years with our front desks and our managers on duty. When you're out doing your business development calls, who's there taking the inquiry? And let's be real. How much detail are they really diving into with those customers? No, most of them are functioning more like order takers anyway, where they're getting the contact information, the name, the basic gist of what are you looking for? And oh, you are volunteering to come in for a tour. Uh, what time? That's what they're doing. Yep. So we've already had this problem. We've already adapted to it. What we're doing is giving our customers a more convenient way of doing that. We're not making them whip out their phone. Well, actually, most people would just like hit go from you know the hyperlink on your or from the link on your phone. But we're not making them sit there and make a full formal call have right. to sit on hold or have to talk to someone, you're increasing the convenience. What people don't understand and people, I mean, what decision makers that, 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 that argue with, with me on this, they don't understand you're dealing with, you're dealing with customers who have been trained now for a decade of instant getting what they want from Amazon. 
Mm -hmm. right? You have to make your process. It has to be, you have to just combine the traditional personal touch relationship building, but the top of that funnel has to feel more and more like Amazon and connected well, into that relationship. And, and the other thing that they have to recognize is that, you know, different from the 1990s or early 2000s, there's more competition in any given market than there ever was. There's more competition for those leads. So you, not only do you have this change in the buyer behavior and, and Brent, take a good look at yourself and how we like to buy or how we like to research things. It's completely different now than it was then, but also the context of our communities is very different. You know, there is more choice. The choice all sounds the same. It's highly commoditized in the senior living industry. Things that we used to hang our hat on that made us, you know, different that we include cable. <laughs> Everybody does that now. You know, it's like we, we have to recognize from the customer's experience what this environment really is in the wild and adapt to it. And it's, I, I ultimately, I think it comes down to a fear, a fear that if I depart from the way I was successful 20 years ago, when I was in a community or when I was a regional, that we're not going to achieve the same results. And, and that is holding us back. Our own fear is forcing us to adapt in really bad ways. <laughs> You know, like we're not doing a good job, like going with the flow. We're fighting, fighting the current at every turn. And there is a way to embrace new without extreme risk. Because yep. certainly there are people who are risking out there and they aren't really setting up experiments and they're failing and wasting a lot of money. That is happening out there. But there is a path where you can embrace change, go with the flow and, and recognize that like nobody really has all of the answers right now. You know, like we're all learning and adapting as we go. And as we're learning and adapting, our customers continuing to change, our markets are continuing to change, you know, environmental circumstances that we can't control affect us. So we, this is a constant moving target. If we can't figure out how to be agile and how to be adaptable and experimental in a strategic way, then just wait a couple of years, your building occupancy will drop. You can, you know, sell at a less rate than what you'd really like to, and you'll be out of business. No. You know? And someone else will come take over your building and fill it up because they figured out how to do this. So yep. if you don't want to be eaten, time to jump on board. You touched on this. I've had a conversation with a couple of different investors, senior living investors, right? They're not the operators, but the investors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when they see our system, they're like, ooh, if we could get this in place, we could gobble up the folks that don't get this, right? And they're all about like, hey, I, I want to get this in, you know, in our, in our communities. And, and, and the really smart ones are like, I don't even care if it doesn't work for a year, six months to a year. I want to really get this system dialed in because yeah. they know they can go in and gobble up the little guys that aren't doing this. Well, and the lack of consistency in the process, and th this is something you and I have talked about so much, and I think it is that there, there are so many areas of opportunity because 
of the lack of strategy, because of the lack of really considering it from the customer experience. Like your website itself has opportunities like you pointed out, but then to think about, well, what happens to those customers after you've been successful and you've gotten them to book the tour on the widget or you've gotten them to inquire or request a tour, now what? Well, and that that is absolutely critical because we just, I, I have my team right now we are we are like basically mystery shopping websites all over the country and we have we have looked through 400 plus communities in the past few weeks and the numbers are pretty staggering about how bad people are at following up with web leads right i mean you know of the 400 communities that we have tested so far and by tested, I mean, we're going on the websites, we're filling out forms, asking for more information, or we're booking tours or all that good stuff, right? Well, we're not booking tours. We're, uh, I take that back. We're, 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 we're asking for information to see what kind of response we get. And half of the communities that we have um, tested, we, we have, well, about 35 or 40% um, didn't even send us an email. No text, no phone call. About 60, 60% never sent a text message. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm sorry, 60% never called. 80% never sent a text message. Right? Like that's crazy. Crazy. Because but you know, I see that too. It's, isn't it? It's, it's amazing that, okay, you're seeing, obviously you're doing a pretty wide scale audit. That's a seven day period, by the way, right? Like the, the, in seven days, there was no text, no email for that many people. And yes. that, that, that blows my mind. Yeah. And then you take, let's say the remainder, did you say that was 60% that didn't text, email, anything? Okay. 60% yeah, so never made a phone call. 80% never sent a text message. And about 30% never even sent an email. Okay. And of the emails that did go out, they're averaging... Um, I'm sorry, of the, of the text messages and phone calls that were made, the first one that was that was made averaged 26 hours for a phone call. Yeah. And oh, there's so much I want to say about this. <laughs> there Because it's like, well, number one, I also want to say, just kind of add to that experience because I'm, I'm deep diving into markets and kind of Navy, Navy sealing myself into situations to try to help figure things out. And I'm finding this over and over and over again, that it is not just the lack of response. Like I, my experience, I haven't done the statistics, but pro probably mirrors yours really closely. But then even those that are responding, they're not timely to your point in getting to you quickly. They don't, they're not persistent. You know, so it's like, if you just don't catch me at the right minute, because I'm picking my kid up from school, right? They don't try again. Yeah, so, the average number of touches, by the way, we're testing that too, uh -huh. is three. Okay. And most of those are emails. And they're emails. And if you look at those emails, I would bet that they are pitiful. Yeah, maybe, you know, some of my favorites that I've, I've archived are the ones that, that just asked a simple question that somebody emailed me back from an online request. And they said, what questions do you have? Mm -hmm. Okay. I requested information about your community 
And that was the response, you know, or versions where I get a huge email with like 20 bullet points that are highlights of every differentiator in the community. I will oh, say, but it could have been an ebook. It's not right for the mode of communication. Yeah. And I go to click on the hyperlinks. Hey, check out this video. And I click oh, on oh, it yeah. and it doesn't take me anywhere. It's yeah. like, you know, or my favorites are when I get addressed as someone different than I am. And I know that it's because they copied and pasted the last email to the customer to me and that they're really not considering me as a person, you know, and, and I have a lot of empathy for the community. I, I've basically grown up in senior living. So it's like, I understand, you know, we, you present this experience to regionals, to corporate, to community level sales. And they'll say, we just need to hold them more accountable. We need a playbook that says we have to respond within X number of time. Okay. The problem is that you are still expecting that salesperson to be out doing business development 50% of the time. You're yep. still expecting that salesperson to be doing tours. There is more demand at the community level for time than there has ever been in okay. history. More inquiry volume coming in a totally different need for those customers to respond. And the, the go-to strategy is just put more pressure on the community level salespeople, which by the way, are turning over at a 50% rate or above. So you're which, just why do you think, yeah. people. Yeah, okay. I just, why do you think turnover is so bad? Yeah, and I know people don't want to invest in call centers or extra, out, extra support beyond the community. They want the communities to be owning this. Okay. Well, one of two things either has to happen. You either need to get over it because the customer doesn't care that your salesperson was busy. They don't. They expect answers to their questions so that they can get through their process. They're very self-centered and they should be as the customer. They should be. So they don't care. So you've either got to get over it and invest in the support that you need to achieve what the customer needs to be achieved. Or you look at the overall plate of what's on your salespeople and you get real about it and you get a little gutsy and you decide that you're going to be the one senior living organization that might depart from the historical ways that we've done things and some of the historical accountability and you refocus the time and the whole system around making the customer experience achievable for someone at the community level. But we have to do something because doing nothing or just saying, oh, we're just going to put more pressure on the sales team. You can't, there isn't enough training to go around. The, most of the, especially smaller organizations don't even invest in training their people. So they're turning people fast. They're not even getting trained. If they are, it's maybe not super effective. And then they're out the door before they really even get any momentum going underneath them. And we wonder why, or we just accept it as this is just the way that it is. And I mean, I guess I should be happy. It keeps people like me in business doing sales training over and over again in the same communities. But at some point, guys, like I'm really tired of teaching this stuff. Like, can we just hold on to our people so I can teach all the really fun stuff and the strategy and the, the things that really make us better as an industry, well, as and, opposed to just this turn and burn mentality, you know? And, and so all these systems we're talking about, right? And, and, and by the way, this energy of going back, this, this is what our calls are always like. <laughs> right? like we, get, we get on a roll, we're like, why are they doing this? Uh, and, and, but I mean, 
you know, one of the questions we were talking about the other day was why do people dismiss the website leads, right? Mm. And it's because these systems aren't in place, right? It's like, I, I've been doing marketing for 15 years now and, and it, yeah. it, it's death taxes and the leads are crap, right? Those are the three certainties in marketing <laughs> and the leads are not bad. Like it's not the customer's fault. They are literally asking for information. Like these people want to talk to you. And so what you're saying, right, we, ha we have to take accountability for that internally of why are these leads not converting as high? Well, number one, you know, a referral is going to convert higher because somebody has already vouched for you. So you have to, you know, whether that's a doctor or whatever, those are always going to convert higher because someone else has vouched for you. And that creates a psychological difference in the, in the beginning of your conversation, right? They're already further they're already further down because they trust you a little bit more than the person on the website, right? Mm -hmm. So accept that. But what you've got to do is on your website, you, you can do things that help build that trust, right? And number one is video testimonials, by the way, right? Get, get your families and your residents to, to go on camera and make a testimonial. Pay a photographer, a videographer in your area, $1,000 and have them make a couple of videos for you, right? Like, Put them on there. Video testimonials. That's just a quick side note. But, you know, it, it's not it's not on the customer, like you said. And this all goes back to having a customer and, and prospect-centric mind, mindset, right? It has to be about them. When they come on your website, and, and if you look like everybody else's, you're going you're gonna to maybe have a drone photo of your building. You've got photos of empty rooms in your community, right? And yeah. It looks like you're trying to hide something. Yes. Like when I helped my grandmother find a community, that was my thought. I was like, man, does anyone yes. actually live here? Because it's, it's empty buildings or it's stock photos, right? So you have to paint that picture for them um, now in the first place to, to build that trust so that when you follow up, you're going to convert more of these, right? Yes. Well, and, and a couple of quick points about this. Think about our own buying behavior. If someone tells me about a really great, you know, hairdresser or um, a restaurant I really need to go eat at, like what, what is common behavior? Am I just saying, oh, pull out your Rolodex, let me uh, call them right now, Occ occasionally, but that's really rare. And I say, oh gosh, let me make a note of that. And I text it to myself or I make them text it to me. And then what do I do is I go online and I look at their Yelp reviews or I look at their Google reviews or I look at their website. And then I'm like, ooh, I get myself excited. And then I call. So to think that your referrals are not also using your website to Great vet point. you yep. and to substantiate the referral that they just got, you're silly, okay? The other bit is when it comes to volume. So you know, this is an argument that's made all of the time. And I think it really keeps us in a very hindered place in terms of senior living sales success is that we focus so much on the conversion metrics that we forget our number one job. Our number one job is to fill our buildings, right? So you can have, you have all the referral sources you want at a 50% conversion rate. Guess what? the two referrals you're getting every two months are not gonna fill your building at a 50% conversion rate. So I'm happy for you, congratulations, you're converting 50% of those things, great, but you're not getting the volume. 
And so the, the fallacy is, you know what it is? We're just not doing enough business development. You know what it is? We're just not doing it right. We need to go out there and hit the pavement. Where's your Cinco de Mayo giveaways for all of your professional referrals? Come on, guys. We know how to do this. Well, guess what? It's not 1998. Like this is not the way that people are even, or even professionals are making referrals anymore. And we have a diminishing return on the investment we're making into business development. And I know people say, oh, we don't spend that much money on business development. Psh, how much is the salary at your, for your salesperson? And when they're out the door 30 to 50% of the time, you're letting 30 to 50% of their salary as a resource sit outside hanging out with their friends because they've got to show that they made X number of sales calls before they can come back to the community and not get yelled at by the regional. By the way, like, during that time, how many people requested information that are sitting in their email inbox wanting it, to talk to them? And that, exactly. but because they don't, and, and here's the deal I'm not saying not to do the business development, right? Like, there, but there's better ways to do it than, than a lot of people do it. But what I'm saying is that, okay, that's fine. If you're going to do that, you have to have a system in place that is following up with these leads coming in yes. on a, you know, on some sort of, whether it's in-house or you hire someone like us to do it for you, you've yep. got to be hitting them faster. Because I'll tell you this too, we already, if you follow up, and this is, this is the crazy part, following up in the first five minutes, you're about six times as likely to book a tour than if you follow up in 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. So imagine if you're following up in 26 hours, right? Or I'm looking at one right here. It was uh, 189 hours. I don't even know how many days that is. 189 hours. What's that? Let me do the math on that real fast. <laughs> Go ahead. I, it, it does blow my mind. And you know what? This is going to be the place I do it, Dallas. I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, I am the person saying you should not be doing business development. Like even the referral sources that we're used to going to, if, if you think about it from their perspective, their jobs, the discharge planners, social workers, they have to get people out of their buildings and safely, you know, somewhere else as quick as possible. That's the, their business. Okay. If we, if they give a referral to one building and that one building isn't the right fit because of budget, because of whatever, weeks have been wasted and that social worker district planner is back to square one. They're referring to a place for mom guys, they are. And you think that just by showing up on their doorstep more often is gonna win your business over a place for mom. Sorry, it's not true. It's not true because they can, a, a place for mom and other lead, aggr lead aggregator are giving them something that we can't give. And we have to accept that. That doesn't mean that having a network or building an awareness isn't valuable, but it maybe it's valuable for different reasons and maybe therefore we can achieve it in different ways. So yeah, I'm gonna be the person to say, stop doing business development. You're wasting your time and you're missing opportunities on 35% of the lead volume coming in your door from their website we're failing miserably and we're blaming the customer for it. And our sales teams are exhausted and turning over like crazy. And we just continue to go around and round uh, on this, you know, carousel and it's not serving us. I, I agree. And, 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 and you touched on a little while ago, it, it's most of the time, it's not on the community level directors. 
mm-hmm. right? They're being they're being forced to do all these other things. Not to mention the past couple of years, all the craziness that has been put on the marketing directors' laps in a lot of situations to handle the COVID stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and so I I I, I want to be very clear. I am not wanting to dog the marketing directors and the sales directors at the community level because that is no. not. I truly believe that is not the problem. At least not no. with the 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 folks we work with. Very rarely do I think uh, that person's the problem, right? It's that you're not you're not setting them up to succeed because yeah. you are your 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 website is not built to generate more good leads, and then you don't have the follow up systems in place to take those leads to a book tour and set them up for them, right? Absolutely. So that is the key, right? And 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 yeah. so think through that again. I'm gonna use my shopping mall analogy. Quit being Macy's and J.C. Penney. And Montgomery Wards and all, all those people that made a lot of money for a lot of time, right? Those days are over. You have to have a strategy for online. You have to make your website uh, more um, of, an, of a visual representation of what is life like at your community, right? Yep. And I know this takes work. This take, it takes yes. work to do this. But, yep. you know, you, you can work hard at this or you can work hard at wasting time. Right. But you yeah. have, it, it's, it's, it's like the saying it's, it's hard to be poor and it's hard to be rich. <laughs> right. Yeah. What do you want to be? Yep. Uh, the same thing with this, right. It's, it, it's, and so, you know, I, I would say, you know, a quick recap here um, again, you know, the, the website exists to generate the tours mm-hmm. and the leads. And I don't even say generate leads. The leads is just an intermediary step for the person that's not ready to book the tour on your calendar on the site, right? Yep. The leads are, I, I, we never talk about leads except as just part of the process, right? I'm, I'm not in the yep. business of generating leads. I'm in the business of generating tours. And yep. so you have to think the same way with your website. So um, it's not there to build. It's not there to sell the whole thing for you, yep. right? So to do that, clearly identify what it is that you do differently. Right. And this, this is hard. It's yep. hard to get honest with yourself and say, what do we really do differently? Right. And not necessarily what you do, but what problems do you solve for your families? How do you make their lives better? That's what you need to be talking about more. You need to agitate their problems because guess what? When all you have is a, is a drone photo of your building, empty room photos, stock images, and a list of all your amenities, they cannot tell you apart. But when you land on someone's website that it says, hey, are are you just exhausted trying to take care of mom and dad and you got kids in college and whatever? Like if you're if you're an assisted living skilled nurse or whatever, talk about those kind of problems more on the website. Right. I always tell people all the time, you know, when 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 someone comes on one of our partners websites, I want them to like if you had if you could see in their webcam. Like you could see them nodding. Right. Like, oh, this is. Or they yell at their spouse, hey, honey, this is what I was talking to my brother about last night, right? That's how you're going to get them to engage. Yeah, I totally agree. And and I think ultimately putting yourself in that customer's shoes Mm -hmm. and being willing to get over some of the fear of change and some of the fear of uncertainty of, I don't know, I don't know, I've never done it like this before. I think that's really a key to breaking through and being able to really act on the things that, you know, we're talking about here. So if, if you're out there and you're finding yourself, you know, getting stuck, um, 
around some of these concepts or finding yourself, hearing yourself in some of the extremes that we talked about, then really examine what's holding you back and think about how, how you could you know, chart a new path for yourself in order to get some different results. Because we can't just keep doing what we're doing and expect that it's going to get any better. It's, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse because you know what? The people that are figuring it out, it's going to make it harder and harder for you to catch up. That's the thing about this. The longer you wait to do this, the harder it's going to be for you to have a bigger impact. Uh, yeah. And I, I will warn you about that. Like, quit putting this off. Uh, you also, you know, along those same line is, is use pictures and videos to help paint this picture, especially yeah. video testimonials, right? Yeah. It is so much more powerful when one of your families says something about your community than when you say something about your community. They're and saying the same thing, right? I, I know. I can't help it. I have to make one more point tell us. Yeah. And that is that some of the smaller operators feel like they have some sort of disadvantage from some of the bigger operators. But if you really think about what we're saying here, our customers want to know about your location. They want to know about you. They really don't care about the corporate behemoth. In fact, that we're rather distrusting of this corporate you know, kind of idea of corporate branding, okay? So large organizations are very impersonal. You look at their websites and they're all templated. They look identical. They might even be using the same testimonial on all of their different communities, right? That's not as effective. So for those of you that are smaller and think, oh gosh, we don't have the same resources that those bigger guys have, you have something even better which is that you have your scale that allows you to be specific to your locations. So if you don't have to do everything, you just have to do the right things, then beat your bigger competition on that specific, being specific. And because you're delivering something that the customer wants more and the customer trusts that specific location-based information, the market-based information, more than they do the corporate, you know, pretty billboard, essentially websites that exist out there. So please don't get discouraged if you find yourself thinking, I don't have the websites or we're just these small little guys and there's no way you can do this. That's actually your superpower. You just need to figure out how to leverage it into working for you that way and, and not feel sorry for yourself anymore. So, and, and the big guys, if you're on the big side, then you have to figure out how at scale to achieve that for the customer because that's what they want. And there aren't a lot of people who are being very successful at doing that and who think that that's just the nature of the beast. Oh, these are just our web results because we're so great in corporate marketing. Well, what if? What if you're getting beat by the little people because they do a better job? You know, and, and I think that that's where you know, some of the larger organizations need to think outside the box in terms of what's been done before too, so. Well, you know, along those lines too, is that um, th this got me thinking, uh, I know this podcast has kind of gone all over the place because when Christy and I get jamming, we just get jamming. But you mentioned that some people don't trust the big, the big box, the big, the big corporate entities. Uh, and I think that's 100% true. And you have some people that they really want that, right? And so you really need to understand that who is coming to your website, right? Who is, who is your customer? And you're not going to get them all. Right. So, but, but you're hundred percent right. There's, there's a ton of people that would never move into one of the bigger companies because they don't trust them. Well, That's and I've worked, 
I've worked for the largest senior living companies in various capacities. There is no brand loyalty out there, guys. Like, I hate to tell you, but like people aren't walking and saying, you know what? I need me a blank community. I'm gonna go in there and get it. No, they're doing the research and those bigger brands are trying to convince them that that corporate entity is better than yours. It's, it's the same snowball fight you know, happening everywhere. So the customer does not care how many locations you have or whatever. You have to sell them on why they should care. And some companies do an okay job of that, but they've already gotten to the door by the time they're really convincing about that. At the stage that we're talking about on your website and in that initial conversion, that's where you have your opportunity to differentiate and to beat them, you know? And they may have some resources when it comes to call centers and everything else that you don't have in place now, but that's where you're at that pivotal moment of decision-making, which says that our customer doesn't care why we aren't meeting their needs. They just care that we're not. So we have to kind of get over some of our own limitations and figure out a creative way to achieve what the customer needs us to achieve. And we may not be able to do it the same way that larger organizations can do it. That doesn't mean the customer has to suffer and it doesn't mean we have to lose, but we need to change our mindset and we need to think about possibilities and we need to get real strategic about it, but it is absolutely possible and it's happening every single day. For-profits, non-profits, entities with multi-sites, entities with single sites, big, huge campuses, little tiny, teeny tiny little group homes. Like there are, there, there are people being successful with this at every, in, in every different corner of, of our industry. So like, let's not be defeatist. Let's figure this out and let's see the possibilities that exist and get better. Our customers want us to get better. They do. Well, and if we don't get better, you're, you're going to go out of business. You're gonna, yeah. Like you said, you're going to sell for way less than you could have sold for. You're, you're going to have turnover hell all the time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, again, identify what you do, the problems you solve, right? The, how you make their life better, paint that picture with videos and images, have clear calls to action, make it easy for them to book a tour, make it easy yeah. for them to connect with you, make it easy, make it very clear. This is the next step, right? This is yeah. what you do next. We don't have to talk about the whole process. This is what you do next. If, if all this looks great, the next step yeah. is book a tour. Right. Yes. Or just yes. download pricing, download the pricing, right? If you're not ready to take a tour, download pricing. That's fine. But then the key thing that the key next piece after that is how's that follow-up system built, right? Those that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. That's what you have to do. Clearly identify what you do. And it's again, when I say that it's not about what you do, clearly identify what problems you solve. How do you make your life better? Paint the yeah. picture. You let your people tell the story, not you, not you. Let your, let your residents and families tell the story for you um, and make it easy. And then follow up for the love of all things, holy follow up, Please. follow up fast, follow up frequently. Yeah. Right. That's, and, and, you know, uh, we, we have a system that it follows up like 15 times in the first 10 days. Yeah. Right. Through email, text, voicemail, phone calls, all of it, different things. Um, and, and I, I will tell you, 
I do not believe it can be done manually. Yeah, I, I think it's automation built in there. Not all automated. Don't yeah. get crazy. Don't 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 jump off the reservation now and say that Dallas told you you have to you have to automate everything. No, no. you have to build a system that mixes automation with personal touch. Well, and automation is cheaper. So yeah. like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you think about automation where automation can be effective and serve you, and utilize your human resource that is more expensive, in a way that you're going to deliver the highest impact? Like that just seems like business logic to me. Oh, we hear all the time people that oh, I don't want to automate anything. We're we're about personal relationships, and yeah. and what, what the thing is, good automation, the person doesn't know it's automated. Well, and it's and things don't stay automated like the entire relationship isn't a robotic relationship so there might be a portion of the journey that is automated 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 and then boom you hit a certain point in the journey where okay now they've inquired whatever now they're engaging with your human resource and that's where the personal relationship is is getting built anyway so the idea that it's all or nothing i'm either personal or impersonal i think really dilutes the complexity and the integratedness that technology and human capital like can really have to be successful. So. Yep. hundred percent. Well, Christy, this has been great. I know we, we plan to talk for like 30 minutes. We've gone for almost an hour. That does not surprise me. No. <laughs> so maybe we'll, maybe we'll break this up into a couple parts um, and, and do, do a little two part thing, but appreciate your time today. Uh, I, I love working with you. Love, love chatting with you. Um, anything else you want to share before we hop off? No, I just really appreciate uh, you having me on Dallas. And I, and I, I feel the same way about our debates and our discussions. I feel like these are the kinds of discussions that we should be having across the whole industry. So I love the fact that we found each other and that at the very least, we benefit from that. And hopefully through this podcast, other people get a little something out of it too, or it makes them want to get in here and debate with us too. Um, I love that. So thank you. Well, what's the best way for someone to get a hold of you if they want to chat with you about strategy and, and sales coaching and all that, all that good stuff that you, that you do with your partners? Yeah, you know, a lot of, I have a pretty wide network on LinkedIn and believe it or not, that's the best way for me to connect with people. Um, So if you would like to connect with me on LinkedIn, you can find me, Christy Cunningham. I'm the president of Augusto Consulting. Awesome. And you can always reach us at seniorlivingpros.com. We got a fun new little video chat widget down at the bottom. You can check out, just reach out to us on there and we would love to chat with you. So we can help you with automation and sales processes and all that good stuff on the back end. Uh, as long as if you want help with your website as well, we're, we're happy to help you with that. So uh, as always, thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Learn From The Pros on the 100% Occupied podcast. If you need help with your marketing, just go to seniorlivingpros.com and ask us a question.